0: Thank you, men. Open your Bibles this morning to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, and I thought since today, it's Valentine's Day, it'd be most fitting to preach on love and marriage. You know, in our world, there's all kinds of ideas as to what love is and what love looks like. If I to understand a group of professionals, once asked a group of four to eight-year-olds, This question, what does love mean? What does love mean? Rebecca, age eight, said when my grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails anymore. So my grandfather does it for all the time, even when his hands got arthritis, too. That's love. Billy, age four, said when someone loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Chrissy, age six, said love is when you go out to eat and you give somebody most of your French fries without making them give you any of theirs. (laughs) Seven year old Bobby said love is what's in the room with you at Christmas. If you stop opening presents and listen. Noel, seven years old, said love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it every day. (laughs) Tommy, age six, said love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends after they know each other so well. (laughs) That's love. Marianne, four years old, said love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. Karen, seven years old, said when you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. (laughs) Carl, five-year-old, five-year-old Carl said, love is when a girl puts on perfume and a boy puts on shaving cologne and they go out and smell each other. (laughs) And finally, my favorite Elaine, five years old, and I like this because I'm a preacher Uh, Love is when mommy gives daddy the best piece of chicken. Uh, That's love. Marriage has been likened to flies at a screen door. You see, you have those flies waiting to get out and those flies waiting to get in. Think about that for a moment. Max Anders said, we have men who won't lead, women who won't follow, children who won't obey And parents who won't nurture. It is every man for himself, the ship is going down, so every person is out to save his own neck. Now, beloved, let me ask you honestly today, is that the way that love and marriage is supposed to work? Is that what God intended when he instituted the home? Is that what God had in mind when he gave us marriage? Because marriage is God's idea. He instituted it. He's the founder of marriage. He performed the first marriage as he placed Adam and Eve in holy uh, uh, matrimony there in the Garden of Eden. Is that what he had in mind? This idea of men who won't lead and women who won't follow and children who won't obey and parents who won't nurture. Every man or woman for themselves. Is that what God had in mind? Absolutely not. You see, one of the big problems we have today is that believing Christians, those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, they go everywhere, it seems, for marriage advice and marriage counsel everywhere except to the main source. And that is the word of God. And that's where we're going to go together today, to the word of God. Now, understandably, we don't have time to study every verse or every passage that deals with love and marriage. But we are going to examine one passage today. And it's in Ephesians chapter 5. And I want you to listen to God's holy inspired word. And hope you, hopefully you found it by now. Ephesians chapter 5. I'll begin reading at verse number 22. Ephesians five twenty-two. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. We find in this passage that the wife is addressed first and then the husband. And we're going to follow the same pattern as we study together. Now, what does God instruct the wife to do in this passage? We'll look at it again. In verse 22, it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Then drop down to verse 33 at the end. It says the wife, see that she reverence her husband. Now, some words of warning right off the bat this morning. Some ladies may be tuning me out or getting upset with me right now. They may want to hear this message as much as they want to hear their dentist say you need emergency root canal. And we just ran out of novocaine. You don't want to hear the message. Now, listen, this isn't my idea. I didn't write this. God, the Holy Spirit inspired this. I'm just the messenger. And so if you're upset, you get angry, get mad at what we're going to study today. You don't direct that towards me. You have to direct that to the source, the Lord himself. But I trust that we believe, beloved, that this is the inspired, holy word of God. And as such, we accept all of it as his word. And we're open to what God says to us in his word. Now, another word of warning is to the men. Because when we begin discussing verses like this, some men begin to kind of puff up a little bit. and Say, that's right, preacher, you tell them. Uh, They want to run off and join Spanky and Alfalfa and the He-Man Woman Haters Club.
1: (laughs) Beat their chest
0: and say, that's right, amen. Well, wait a minute, buddy, wait a minute. Don't forget that in just a few minutes, God's going to speak to us. And I assure you. What he says to us as husbands is going to be a great challenge. I think in all actuality, we have the greater assignment. And we'll study about that in just a few minutes. But ladies, let's ask the question here. What does it mean when God says that you're to submit yourselves to your own husband? That you're to reverence or respect him? That you're to be subject to him? What does that mean? Well, let's talk first of all about what it does not mean. Here's what it doesn't mean. This does not mean that you are inferior. This does not mean that you're not worth as much as your husband. This doesn't mean that you're less intelligent or creative or educated. This is in no way belittling you or saying you're not valuable. This does not mean that you're a slave. This is not saying that you're unimportant or any such thing. This is not degrading. This is not demeaning in any way, shape or form. So that being the case, we know what it doesn't mean. What does it mean? Homer Kent, Jr. Explained it this way. He said this conveys no disparagement of women, but rather relieves them of responsibilities for which they're best suited and frees them for the pursuit of their God given functions. There is no hint of inferiority except listen. Except in position, wives may be equal of and many times superior to their husbands in intelligence, courage, spirituality, moral discernment, discretion, and a thousand other ways. Furthermore, as members of the body of Christ, they're equal. Jot down Galatians 3.28 and read that sometime. They're equal as members of the body of Christ. But in the matter, listen. The matter of authority and position in the home. The Bible is absolutely clear. The wife is subject to the authority of the husband. You see, this is not about worth. It's not about value. This is about roles. R-O-L-E-S. Roles and authority. There is to be a God-given order in the home. And we understand from studying this passage and others that God intends for the man... To be the leader in the home. And so when a wife submits herself to her husband's leadership. When she respects her husband. What she's actually doing is she's submitting herself to the Lord's will for her life. Look back at verse 22. Notice what it says. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands. The next several words there. As unto the Lord. You see what this is all about, beloved. Ladies, this is a sweet, voluntary submission yielding to the Lordship of Christ. Yielding to the Lordship of Christ, saying, God's word has told me this is my role, this is where I'm to be, this is what I'm to do. And so as I do what he tells me to do, I'm submitting to his will for my life. Now, notice the next several verses there, 23 and 24, It says the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and he's the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. You see, this is to picture the church. Think about that for a moment. Does your marriage actually portray the church of Jesus Christ? Does your marriage show others what the church is all about? Some might say, yeah, we fuss and fight all the time. We're an accurate picture of the church. No, 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 no. Listen, in all seriousness, our marriages should show our children and others how the church works. One author says, of course, children don't recognize the symbolism. All they know is whether or not they have a happy home And whether the life of their parents is attractive to them. If it is, they'll want to serve the same God their parents do. And if not, they won't. Think about that for a moment. What is your marriage relationship saying to your children? What is your marriage relationship saying to your grandchildren? And others looking in, does it show the church? Does it show Christ and the bride of Christ? Now, I know some are wondering, how far does this submission go? How far does this reach? Well, notice the last two words of verse 24. It says that they're to be subject to their own husbands in everything In everything. Let me qualify that for a moment. Don't shut me down yet. Let me qualify it by saying this in everything that's done as unto the Lord. What I mean is if a husband seeks to get his wife To do something that is illegal, something that is immoral, something that is sinful, she does not have to submit to that. In that instance, she has to submit to the Lord Himself and His Lordship and His will. She has to obey the Lord Jesus Christ. The same principle applies to us as citizens of our government. We're to obey in our laws and the statutes and things up to the point. That those laws do not contradict his word. In other words, if our government were to say that we can no longer preach the word of God, we have to obey God rather than man and preach the word of God regardless of the consequences. But as far as the laws do not contradict his word, we're will obey them, just as as long as the uh, authority of the husband does not contradict God's word, that is illegal, immoral, sinful. The wife is to submit. Now, those are extreme cases, I know. But sad to say, some wives have to deal with those very issues. Beloved, understand, she does not have to submit to being beaten or abused. She does not have to submit to the husband's desire to live sinfully and cause her to live sinfully. And there's so many examples, I'll not even get into that. And I'm saddened and heartbroken to realize that some wives have to deal with those very issues. Listen, if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're being physically harmed, get out of that situation as quickly as possible. Seek help. We'll be glad to help you and seek shelter and safety. But let's come back to the normal situation. How does this play out? How does a wife submit to her husband? Does that mean she cannot offer her opinion or her input? Absolutely not. In fact, listen, guys, if you're wise, you'll seek out your wife's input and wisdom and opinions on many matters. There's many things that my wife knows more about than I do, and I I want her input on. I'll ask her about it. And a wise fellow is going to do that. Some ladies might be thinking, well, what if he's about to make a royal mistake and he won't listen to me? He's actually going to buy that house. He's actually going to buy that, that car. He's actually going to invest in that particular thing. What do I do? You submit as unto the Lord. You say, what do you mean, preacher? When you do that, you're trusting yourself to God and his leadership and his protection in your life. You see, nowhere do we find that submission to authority is easy or pleasant. Case in point, do you like paying taxes? But we submit, don't we? And we get out the W-2s and all the numbered forms and we submit and we obey. And so what are we doing? We're submitting ourselves, ladies. What are you doing? You're submitting yourselves to the lordship of Christ. It doesn't say likewise if he does right or he upholds his end of the bargain, you submit. It just says submit. Wives, you need to make up your mind that with God's help, God's enablement, you're going to submit and respect your husband. I like to think of it as sweet submission. It's not the idea of submitting like a criminal at gunpoint. Give me your wallet. OK, I'll give you my wallet. That's not the idea at all. It's sweet, voluntary submission. You're there to build up and help your husband. You may not realize just how much your husband needs you. And by the way, in all likelihood, your husband doesn't always realize how much he needs you. A wealthy and successful CEO took his wife out for a Sunday afternoon drive out in the country. And it was actually the country... Where his wife grew up and and noticing the gas needle there was getting near empty, he poured in the little country gas station. And while the tank was filling up, he went to use the restroom. And on his way back to the car, he noticed that his wife was talking and laughing with the gas station attended there at the little country store. And so they finished their transaction, got back in the car and drove away. And as they were driving, the husband asked his wife about it. And she said, well, actually, that's the fellow that was my boyfriend when I was in high school. And uh, here's this successful CEO. And he looks at his wife. He's driving. just said, just think, if you hadn't met me, you might have wound up being the wife of a gas station attendant. And she turned and replied to him these words. No, if I hadn't met you and married him, he would have become a successful businessman. And you might have turned out to be a gas station attendant.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of truth in that. A lot of truth
0: in that. Ladies, I need to talk to the men from, in just a moment. But before I do, let me give you a word that I believe will help you. I want you to jot this word down. How to show respect to submit to your husband. This is from Dr. Emerson Egeridge's book, Love and Respect. The word you want to write down is the word chairs. C-H-A-I-R-S. Chairs And write it vertically. It's an acrostic. I'm going to give you what it stands for. And Dr. Emerson Egerich here not only gives the words, but he gives some questions that you can consider in your own heart and life. You can come back to this over and over in your relationship and see how you're doing in these areas. Number one, the C stands for conquest. Conquest. Here's the question. Am I always standing behind him and letting him know I support him in his work? And endeavors in his field. In other words, does he know that I'm supporting him as he goes out in conquest? Does he know that I'm behind him? Does he know that I'm for him? Am I there encouraging him? Am I standing behind him, letting him know that I'm supporting him? H stands for hierarchy. Hierarchy. Do I let him know I respect and appreciate his desire to protect and provide for me and the family? What have I said to communicate this? What have I verbalized and let him know how much I just appreciate how he desires to provide for the family, protect the family? What have I said about that? A is authority. Authority. Have I gone on record that because he has the primary responsibility for me, even to die for me, I recognize him as having primary authority? Do I let him be the leader? How have I helped in that regard lately? Do I let him be the leader? You know, some wives have a much stronger personality than their husbands. That could be a great challenge there. Conquest, hierarchy, authority. I is insight. Do I trust his ability to analyze things and offer solutions, and not just depend on my intuition? Do you trust your husband, his ability to analyze, his insight? R is relationship. Relationship. Do I spend shoulder to shoulder time with him whenever I can? Do I let him know that I am his friend and lover? That relationship. And then finally, S is sexuality. Do I honor his needs for sexual release even when I don't feel like it? Dr. Emerson Egeridge writes there. Conquest, hierarchy, authority, insight, relationship and sexuality. And as we ran through that list. How do you answer those questions? You see, it's a good thing to remember as you seek to obey the Lord and his lordship in submitting and respecting your husband. Now, wives, the Bible says to you that you're to display sweet submission and respect. But guys, it's time for us to get a little lesson. And the lesson for us is that we're to provide loving leadership. Loving leadership. That's interesting. God says to the wife, submit. But then what does he say to the husband? Does he say rule, conquer, be a tyrant, be kingly? You are the man. Is that what he says? That's what you hear and interpret. But let's read what it says. Notice verse 25. Notice the second word. It says husbands. What's the next word? Love. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, what kind of love is he talking about here? Agape love, Jesus love. He makes it clear that we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, how far does that go? Well, look at it again. How did Christ love the church? What did he do for us? He died for us. He gave his life for us. He shed his blood for us. You know what? We're to die for our wives. Literally, if necessary. This is sacrificial love. Now, men, do you love your wife? We've got some slow guys in here. If you were smart, you'd say, oh, I love my wife, yeah. Sure, I love my wife, absolutely. Y'all will catch on here in a minute. It is Valentine's Day. You need to keep that in mind. (laughs) Now, before this moment, did she know that you loved her? (laughs) Coach Bobby Bowden, guys, was once asked by his wife, honey, do you love me more than football? Bowden thought for a moment and said, college or pro? (laughs) Do you love your wives sacrificially? Now, knowing many of you men personally, as I do, I have no doubt in my mind for a second. I have no doubt in my mind that you would take a bullet, literally, for your wife and family. You would defend your wife and your kids until death. I have no doubt about that. And you should. And I do. And I would. But, men, how is it that we would die for our wives, yet at times, if we're honest... We won't fully live with them. In other words, you'd take a bullet for her, but you won't take her on a date. You would defend her unto death, but you won't turn off the television on to talk with her. You'd give up your whole life for her, yet you won't give her a little bit of time. Now, some guys are thinking, preacher, this is getting a little bit too personal. Good. That's where I'm going. Real personal. That's what I'm trying to do. Look at verse 26 and 27. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, talking about Christ the church. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Let me ask you this question, guys. Do we have that kind of impact on our wives? Here's the question. Am I helping my wife to be more Christ-like? But because I'm her husband and she's my wife, our relationship, am I helping my wife become more Christ-like? Listen, you're not if she has to nag you to even come to church. You're not if she has to remind you to say the blessing over the food before you eat. Uh, she, you're, you're not if she has to ask you, please don't watch that particular program. I feel uncomfortable about that. Now, you might be thinking, preacher, you're, you're being kind of hard on us guys. Yes, you know why? Because we're the leader. We set the tone. We have the authority. We're the one to be out front leading, showing, displaying what we're to be doing. We're the example. He says, furthermore, in verses 28 through 30, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. Listen, what he's saying here is this. You to love your wife like you love yourself. You say, I don't love myself. Really? How plush is your recliner at home? How do you respond when the kids misplace their remote control? What if she wants to go shopping and the game's on, huh? I mean, that's tough stuff, isn't it, guys? We love ourselves. We nourish ourselves. We cherish our bodies. And the Bible says that's what you're to do for your wife. Why? Look at verses 30, uh, 31. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined into his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ to the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. She's to be your very best friend, second only to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're thinking, well, maybe I love my wife too much. I understand the fellow had that concern, a genuine concern that he was loving his wife too much. And so he went and sought counsel about that. And the one who was counseling asked him this question, do you love her more than Christ loves the church? And he had to say, no. So the lesson is what? You can't love her too much. Now, you can love her unwisely. No doubt about that. You can show your love in unwise ways, but you can't love her too much, can you? Because you're to love her as Christ loved the church. Now, Christ is supreme. He's number one. But then our spouse should be in that second spot. Now, men, I want to help us. I want to give you a word. Write it down, if you will. Memorize it. If you don't have pen and paper, I'll put it up on the sermon site on the web. You can go back and listen to it later. Wives, don't you write this down for him and hand it to him. Please don't do that. (laughs) Give him the paper, the pen. This is from Dr. Emerson Egeridge's book as well. And here's the word for us guys. You ready? They had chairs, right? We have couple C O U P L E. C O U P L E. Write it vertically so you can write some things next to it. And here's the questions that Dr. Egerich gives there. Number one, C is closeness. Closeness. And I'm always remembering to move toward her and accept her need to talk and connect with me and be reassured by my love. Now, that's a tough challenge for some guys, that to talk. That's tough. We like to grunt. You know, you ready for supper? You know, but. How was your day at work? Fine. You know, that's, that's the extent. Closeness. I expect to see the altar filled with all this laughter today. Oh, is openness. Now, here's another tough one, guys. Do I share my thoughts with her? And am I sure I'm not resisting her efforts to draw me out? Do you share your thoughts? Do you share openly with her? Do you not shut her down when she's seeking to draw out what's going on? You. Understanding. Understanding. Listen to this one, guys. Am I careful not to try to fix her? Every time she talks about one of her concerns and problems, am I remembering that she is an integrated personality and whatever happens affects all of her, especially her emotions? You know, we guys like to fix things. We see a problem. Let's get to take care of the problem. Let's move on. But ladies don't always process things like that. That problem impacts all kinds of areas and emotions and all that stuff. Right, guys? That's that's profound. all that stuff. <laughs> Understanding P peacemaking. Am I always willing to resolve issues and am I careful to never say, let's drop it and move on? I can't tell you how much damage that does in your relationship. If there's a true, serious issue going on and your response as a man is, let's just drop it, and move on. I'm done with it. She's not done with it. Peacemaking L. Loyalty. Loyalty. Do I constantly look for ways to tell her that I'll be loyal to her forever? That she's the one love of my life, the only woman for me. Let me get real sensitive and real personal for a moment. Pornography is a huge issue in our world and in the church as a whole. You've got a problem with that, guys. You need to seek some help. Get some things right. What does that communicate to your spouse to know that you're comparing her to these. Touched up, beautiful women. What is that doing for her? What is it doing for your relationship? What's it doing for your relationship with Christ? If that's you, you need to get some help. You need to get that straightened out. You need to make sure that she knows that she is the only one for you. You're loyal to her to death. That's what you said when you stood before the preacher. Till death do us part. Loyalty. Finally, esteem is E. E -E -E E-S-T-E-E-M, esteem. Do I always let her know that I treasure her and put highest value on her as a person? Do I let her know that what she does and thinks they're important to me? Does she know I couldn't possibly do without her? That's why I said a wise husband will say to his wife, what is your thoughts on this? What's your opinion on this? You know more about this. Give me some input. And you communicate together, couple, closeness, openness, understanding, peacemaking, loyalty and esteem. You might be thinking, I don't know, preacher. This sounds mighty involved to me. I mean, this kind of life involves a lot of work and all. Yeah, it does. But you see, it's time for some men to grow up and mature. It's time for some men to set aside immaturity And pre-marriage days and all that and say, you know what? God has placed me in a God-given role of authority and God being my helper. I'm going to be the leader. I'm going to help my wife, my family to grow. I'm going to be a godly man, a godly husband, a godly dad. And I'm willing to die for my family. And at the same time, I'm willing to live with and for them. You see, men love. It's not just a feeling. Feelings come and feelings go. Love is a choice. And I choose to love whether I feel like it or not. I choose to do right whether I feel like it or not. I make that choice, God being my helper, to love. Now listen, men and women, your marriage will never be what it ought to be if both of you are not saved And spirit filled. Have you settled the first thing there? Salvation. Do you know that you're a sinner? Do you know that Christ died for you? Do you know there's a time in your life where you repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ? And you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that if you went home and died today, your eyes would open in heaven. If not, that's the first thing. You need to trust Jesus. But then the second thing is live a spirit filled life. It's interesting in this very passage, before we're told all these things about the home, back up to verse number eighteen, and here's what the Bible says. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things and to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another the fear of God. Wives, then he talks to the wives. Husbands, then he talks to the husbands. So many of our problems in our marriage relationships, because we're not living a spirit-filled life. What is it to be spirit-filled? It means controlled by the Spirit. Obey obeying the Spirit and His leading. Obeying the Word. By the way, the Holy Spirit never leads contrary to this book. Never. If you dare say the Holy Spirit's leading you to do something sinful, you are mistaken. He leads according to God's holy word. He inspired it. Are you saved? Are you spiritual? You see, marriage, and we're done. Marriage should be a little piece of heaven on earth. Sad to say for many people. I'm going to be honest with you. Marriage is hell on earth. That's not the way God intended it. That's not the way God designed it. That's not what God wants. The question, beloved, is this. Will you follow God's plan for your marriage? Men, will you be God's man? Women, will you be God's woman? Ladies, remember this. Chairs. Sweet submission. Guys, remember this. Couple, loving leadership. Everybody everybody needs to remember this. Christ is the key. Christ is the key. If you have needs in your marriage, you need to seek help. You need to seek wise, godly counsel. I emphasize wise, godly, biblical counsel. Counsel. Now, I know as we close up shop today, this message was not what would be termed politically correct. But you know what? It's biblically correct. And that's what's important. Are you God's man? Are you God's woman? Is your marriage a picture of the church? Is your marriage showing forth Christ? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We honor and adore you. Magnify your name in this place at this moment. I believe, Lord, that you have spoken to hearts by your spirit today. I pray for husbands. I pray for wives. I pray if anyone's here today doesn't know Christ, they'll come and be saved today. I pray if some are struggling, they'll come today and submit surrender. I pray for those who maybe even seek godly biblical counsel and help. They'll do that. I pray for men who will provide loving leadership. And I pray for ladies who will display sweet submission as unto the Lord. We love you and praise you and ask your help for this invitation now. In the Savior's name, amen.